Happy New Year. Do, can we still say Happy New Year? I'll say it to the end of yeah. January. Yeah, right. So Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back to Book Blather. This month, we are going to be discussing books related to the Holocaust as, to, as part of Holocaust Memorial Month. So we'll be reviewing a book called After the War by Tom Palmer. We also have Miss Agnew is going to be on the podcast discussing a bit more about Holocaust Memorial Day and why it's important to share stories of the Holocaust. We also have Miss Marini from ELR discussing her favourite books too. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Mrs McCarthy and I are welcoming Miss Agnew to our podcast Hello, this month. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. We are really glad that you're here because mm-hmm. this month we're marking Holocaust Memorial Day mm-hmm. and the book that we've chosen to share centres on that topic. So we thought it would be a good idea to ask you to come on and talk to us about what Holocaust Memorial Day is all about. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. I've never been on a podcast. No. I feel famous. <laughs> I feel famous. It's very different. It's weird speaking to a microphone rather than the 30 little beady eyes in front of me. But no, thank you very much. Um, as many of you know, Holocaust Memorial Day is the 27th of January. And if you don't know, the reason why we do um, commemorate it on this day is because it is the liberation of Auschwitz-Birkenhau extermination camp. So that is the day, in case, again, you're not entirely sure what that means, it means this is the day that the biggest concentration camp in Nazi Germany and Nazi Germany occupied territory was freed by the Allies. This was chosen as Holocaust Memorial Day as because obviously this was some of the most important images that people saw when they liberated the camp. It was actually Soviet soldiers that liberated the camp and they couldn't believe their eyes at the conditions because people were left in the worst conditions humanly possible we can't even imagine and their stories are why we look and why we learn about this and the reason why we do learn about the holocaust and why i'm so passionate about it and many people do know this is because it's a very famous quote in history if we do not learn from history it will happen again and unfortunately the holocaust was not the last um, genocide in history unfortunately there has some um, been going on and still going on today in Sudan. So I think it's very important that we commemorate this in fun and interesting ideas, but also sensitively as well, and making sure that we're able to understand why we learn from it and the impact of this. And actually last year in 2021, sadly, was the biggest increase in anti-Semitic crime in the UK. Is that right? Yeah, so between the years, um, between the months, sorry, of January and June, (coughs) the police recorded an exponentially high rate since really the 60s. -hmm. And there's many reasons Mm -hmm. that there could be. It could be the issues in the Middle East. It could be that there's general division in society. And there's unfortunately just a lot of hate. And the Jewish community are asking more than ever to please mm-hmm. commemorate this, speak about why it's so important to learn about um, the Jewish faith and culture, to not only just learn about Jewish faith and culture, the other victims of the Holocaust, and what we can do as a society to, you know, spread some love, not hate, and making sure that we're all fully aware of it. So thank you definitely to invite me on, because mm-hmm. this is a... a different way and a new and innovative way hopefully that we're broadcasting this and we've got lots of events going on in the school next week as well so hopefully we're going to have our virtual assembly and the school have been invited a few um, pupils and myself are going to the scottish parliament oh, to wow. receive our award for oh, yeah. vision skills yes we didn't we actually only got told this today <laughs> so i need to go tell my smart glock we only got told today that it is going ahead we weren't sure with covid but we're going on the 10th of february to the Scottish Parliament to see, receive our award for Holocaust education. So, really, oh, thank you very much. Thank you. No, it's the people's. It's the people's work. You know, it's the people's commitment, passion. It's obviously this is my 
passion as well but really it's the people that drive it forward and certainly it's a recognition and an outstanding achievement from them absolutely that's brilliant and I know like we've talked before about how important it is to share stories mm-hmm. and you talked Miss um, Agnew about remembering yes. and I think sharing stories is a really great way of connecting Absolutely. to people who've either been mm-hmm. through it and wrote about their experiences mm-hmm. or historians who've researched mm-hmm. and try and put that into a fiction mm-hmm. book um, and one of the books that I've been talking about this week is well we're, I'm not going to talk about the book that yes, Miss McCarthy and I are in but I've also been sharing a book called Hitler's Canary by Sandy Toxvig who presents oh, yeah. Great yeah, British Bake Off and QI she's brilliant and her father from Denmark same as she is lived through the German occupation of Denmark and Although the book's fictional, she bases it on his experiences. Mm-hmm. And I've been sharing it with second years, and you could hear a pin drop mm-hmm. when you're sharing it. Mm-hmm. And I just think you're putting yourself in their shoes. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And you see that when they come to us. So second year um, do the Holocaust as their topic, as they have done for a very long time within the school, but they do it right up until really Holocaust Nobody Will Be. And they've just, um, just about finished there, and they completely get enaptured by it. And it always surprises you year on year. Mm-hmm. As a history teacher, you do teach that's German Holocaust every year, so sometimes you do become a little bit not desensitized, but you you, you kind of just get used to it as a way, mm-hmm. and you totally forget sometimes their experience because they may not have heard. And one thing that's really came out in the last years is a lot of them don't know the story of Anne Frank, really? so then uh, which surprises me. Um, but when they come to us, and obviously we teach about Anne Frank. They're absolutely incredibly, incredibly amazing. We don't have time to do the field book, unfortunately, but when we do the experts, they just they just cannot leave that she's their age mm-hmm. and that's the way she's living. And, and same still when we look at the book Thief mm-hmm. as well, they absolutely love it and they really connect with the character Liesel of... She was an outsider, but she's very innocent to, well, why is people being persecuted? Why is Why are we having to keep this secret and... They can't understand that either, which makes me happy. Like, why Why would you have to hide someone? Why would you have to be secret about who you're associating with? Or why Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. Which is great from our standpoint, obviously, because we would not think about anyone from any different religion or backgrounds. But they're seeing it through another person's eyes. So hearing mm-hmm. stories, listening to stories, I think is so important. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, it's, it's vital that we keep going forward. And the fact that every year there is still people talking about it. And obviously there's been a big increase, particularly over the last two years, with people documenting stories. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest ones, of course, being the tattoos of Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. I've still to actually read it. I'm being oh. very bad. It's on my list. Yeah, it's still on my list. But it's, it's fascinating because a lot of people will say to me, because they know about my work with the Holocaust, they're like, have you, have you read this? Mm-hmm. This is incredible. And, of course, they, you don't think about these stories about people... Because it, it wasn't the Nazis that had to tattoo the names onto mm-hmm. the, the prisoners. It was, it was Jewish yeah. people. It was the prisoners themselves. So absolutely fine. Hearing these stories are so important. And the same with some of the books that we've recommended this month, the book clicks, hearing about, kind of basing on the story of Hotel Rwanda, mm-hmm. you know, and different experiences, people actually being in the hotel on holiday mm-hmm. and then are being in in this horrendous event and they're now at the centre of the United Nations in the country. Mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I couldn't even imagine to begin that. So hearing these different stories and different aspects 
is very interesting and I think it's a really a good point to go forward. So hearing these different stories and different perspectives, mm. I think, is definitely the way to go forward in teaching. And you mentioned Bookflix there, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and the history department, because you pulled it together yeah. for us this year and we've supplemented it with some books for mm-hmm. like children and young people, including mm-hmm. one of the ones that yes. Mrs McCarthy yeah. and I are going to be looking at today. So mm-hmm. is there anything else you'd like to let us know about what's going on next week mm-hmm. or a final message you'd like to leave listeners with? Yes, probably the last one is the vision for this year. So every year, um, Holocaust Memorial Day Trust, they release their theme and vision for the year. Last year was light in the face of darkness. I thought it was very pre- every mm-hmm. year it's very prevalent. This year it is one day. And there's a few different ways. When, when I first heard it, when I first told about it, I was thinking, one day, what, what, what does that mean? And the good thing is you can interpret different things yeah. from it. So it could be one day in history, mm-hmm. one day um, in the future without these horrendous events, or it could be taking one day at a time. And mm-hmm. we, we have looked at different experiences and survivors talk often about, you didn't think about yesterday, you didn't think about tomorrow, you, you literally had to deal with today and that's all you could physically and emotionally cope with. Mm-hmm. So thinking of these things, one day, hopefully there, there will be one day where it is a very, very distant memory and that we're learning from it from historical rather than, unfortunately, these events and events subsequently are still going on. Mm-hmm. So thinking about one day, and I'd like to encourage anyone who's listening to think about, well, one day, what does that mean to you? Is it one day you maybe want to research mm-hmm. in terms of history, whether it be about, and there's different aspects, obviously, there's the liberation of Auschwitz, you could look at the kinder transport, you could look at the Kristallnacht, mm-hmm. you could look at lots of different events, or again, would it be one day in the future, what do you hope? the future and what would that look like to you and if anyone is interested please come and see me and there'll be lots of information um, displayed for classes next week we are hoping to do a wear something purple next Ooh, Thursday oh, so we've not done a colour day in a while so, I was, <laughs> so we were thinking this and I was also thinking I don't really have anything purple so I, I do love the colour but I was thinking I don't have anything to wear so um, if you have a, a scarf or a scrunchie or anything at all a ribbon um, wearing purple next Thursday would be great thank you so much We're talking about After the War by Tom Palmer. Yes. I love Tom Palmer. I was saying this to you the other day. Mrs McCarthy, he's a brilliant writer. Mm -hmm. He writes, I think a lot of our pupils will know him as writing football books, Mm -hmm. but he's also a really gifted historian. He researches all these events in history, but then he turns them into fantastic fictional Mm -hmm. books. And uh, we've chosen After the War because of its resonance with Holocaust Mm -hmm. Memorial Day. Yeah, so I I really need to get some better chat for opening this up because I'm always just like, oh, I love this book. But once (laughs) again, I I think it's down to you, Miss McLean, that you always pick really good books to uh, to read. But again, this is a really good, a really good book for different reasons from the other books that we've read. But yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. I couldn't put it down. I think I read it in like, I read it in the afternoon. (laughs) I really, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I love because it's been published by Barrington Stoke and they're brilliant well for publishing books that are page mm-hmm. turners that keep you going. Yeah. Also so accessible as well in terms of I really liked even just the size of the font was so easy to read and the lines were spaced out as well. It was just it was it was nice to read as well like cuz I find sometimes that I can't see the the if the writing's tiny I'm just like oh right. um, off, but, uh, slightly but mm-hmm. yeah it was so accessible so thought, yeah a really really good book. Really so I wonder read. before we start talking about it just to describe the fact that it's based on true events yeah. this story. Yeah. So it's, I think it's got a subtitle. Yes, uh, so the subtitle is From Auschwitz to Ambleside. And that's all about the true story of Jewish refugees yep. after the Second World War who were displaced from where mm-hmm. their homes were, they couldn't go back home, and 
temporarily. They were brought to some of them were brought to the UK yep. and Ambleside is a wee town in the Lake District. Yes, in the Lake District. I've actually been to Ambleside oh, and it's right. one of the prettiest yeah. places I've ever been. Well, I, I can tell from the front cover of the book. <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> we describe the front cover as it is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, oh, it's just it's lovely. So it's it's like a sunset and there are three boys looking out over a lake with the mountains at each side of the lake and it's just it's lovely. I think I've, I'm sure one of the lakes they describe is Lake Windermere. Is that one? Is oh, that yeah, where I'm that's in the Lake District? Yeah, I've been that? to the Lake District before, so it definitely does capture the beauty of the Lake District. It's just oh. it's a lovely front cover. And but the three boys you mentioned, they're, they're the Jewish refugees yes. who have to settle yep. in a village, and they're a bit nervous, and they've mm-hmm. been through horrendous experiences. Yep. So it's it's all about them settling in, finding mm-hmm. their feet, and about the community that they're in as well, yeah. welcoming them and and the challenges. Mm-hmm. How do we sum up the book in a single oh, man, sentence? Right, right. My usual stress of how do <laughs> how inadequate is my summary going to be? <laughs> so I basically, I kind of went a bit vague with it. I just said a story that reminds us that while there is evil in mankind, there is kindness and compassion. That's, I know it's not very, it's not very specific, but I felt like that was the two kind of main themes kind of running through it. We do see the evil and horrific things that mankind is capable of, but also we see the lovely side of mankind and the kindness that people people possess. That was what I felt when I was reading that. I think mm-hmm. again, we were talking about that the other day about how he doesn't shy away from yep. the horrors of what happened mm-hmm. during the Second World War, but there's hope, mm-hmm. and he managed to manages to balance both yeah. things beautifully well. That's a yeah. great summary. I'm too wordy again. I need an editor. <laughs> so uh, mine is that it's an ultimately hopeful book, which is truthful about the horrors of the mm-hmm. Holocaust, but also about the kindness of strangers and yeah. the importance of friendship. Mm-hmm. And the friendship between the three boys. Yeah, is. that's one of the things I really like about the book. It's lovely. So what about the title then? Right, so the title is After the War, From Auschwitz to Ambleside. What, what did you think of the title? I liked it. It's deceptively simple. Mm-hmm. So it does what it says in the tin. It's a book that is set after, after the, the war. war. Yep. But I like that because I feel it chimes in with the way the story's told, mm-hmm. which is in deceptively simple language, mm-hmm. talking about quite complex, complex ideas. Thing, yeah. But I like the fact that it's talking about what comes after what we think mm-hmm. of as the end. Yep. You know? Yeah, I thought that too. It actually, so my <laughs> when I thought of it, I am currently still, a year later, still obsessed with Hamilton, the musical. Excellent. And oh, it's a, it's a great musical. The, one of my favourite songs is Nonstop. And the first the first line is, it after the war, I went back to New York. So I always think, it made me think of that song. But obviously with Hamilton, after the war, we see, you know, Hamilton, basically his career takes off and he, he's so successful and does a lot of things. But... It made me kind of think of the opposite side of that. So obviously Alexander Hamilton was one very high up, and but what about the soldiers and what about the people who were taking part in the fighting? So it kind of made me think about war and the experience of war. I mean, just because the war is over doesn't mean the war is over for those who took part in the war, those who are victims of the war. You know, anyone who's affected by war, just because the war is over doesn't mean that it's over. Yeah. It still lives on in the tiniest of things and that's what I found for this what I thought what Tom Palmer did really tastefully actually was just the tiniest of tiniest of things would just kind of almost trigger you'll see the main character trigger his memories and make him think about the things that he's been through that's probably me reading far too much into the title but it did make me think a lot about a lot about that also as well the this this sort of subtitle from Auschwitz to Ambleside I don't know about you. I've been to Auschwitz. Have you been to Auschwitz before? I haven't. Um, I, I know people who have yeah. been, been really affected. By yeah, yeah. So I've actually, so I've been to Auschwitz and I've also been, I haven't been to Ambleside itself, but I have been to the Lake District and some of the names that are mentioned in the book, you know, I've, I've been there and I can picture it. For me, it was from read, seeing those two names beside each other, it really, it, it, kinda, it just made me think about the contrast between the two places. Like, 
going to Auschwitz was uh, it was really really difficult. And I know it's silly, it's, I, don't, I feel kind of silly saying that because you know it's not nowhere near difficult for me. It was difficult for the people who went through what they went through there. But I did find it a really tough experience. And then I think about how I felt when I went to the Lake District and I was so happy and felt so free. Yeah, it made me, it reminded me of two different ways I felt when I went to both places and I can only imagine how the, the characters in the book felt but also the people who actually went through it felt. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine what that was like, like for them to, to see the difference in the place. You're right, and it, you're right because it invites the contrast, mm-hmm. doesn't it, when it's saying from this place to, to this yeah. other and, you know, most people will have heard of Auschwitz. Yeah, Ambleside maybe less so, but mm-hmm. if, when you know it's the Lake District, mm-hmm. they are so... So different, so, it yeah. up so much. So vastly different, yeah. Mm-hmm. What about for you, now I kind of, t- I mentioned about characters there, so do you have a standout character from this text? What are your thoughts? It's a bit boring, but my standout character is the main character. Yeah, <laughs> yes, me too. Um, he's really memorable, yeah. and one of the things I liked about it most is the fact he feels like just one, one of us. Yeah. Do you know, he doesn't feel any different as, a, you know, he, He's got friends, he's, yep. he's got memories, he's got different experiences and passions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you talked about like things triggering memories, yeah. but, but positive memories yeah. and associations of what home was like before, before the war came. Yeah. So even just this idea of after the war, you were talking about comparisons. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're also thinking about what things were like before, before the war. Yeah. Um, but I just liked him. I like I liked the, the fact that we came through his point of view. Yeah. And it felt to me like we were seeing this familiar setting almost mm-hmm. in that it's the, it's the UK through eyes that are from yeah. somewhere yeah. else been through different experiences so yeah. I thought that was incredibly well done and that's testament to the writer there yeah. from Tom Palmer. I, I agree as well I thought well I also said Yossi too I found him just so I really admired his strength to go through what he's gone through and to still be this you know so kind and com- kind and compassionate to his friends and caring for towards other people yeah, he goes through difficulties, but he, you know, he kind of picks himself up and he gets he, he he gets through it, which I think is really amazing. I also think it's it's incredibly well written, because I I worried that when when they were going to flashback, I was worried about how it was going to be written because sometimes I just kind of feel like the society we're in, you know, films are really violent, television's really violent, and I I worried that it was going to be too too violent almost, which would reflect what actually happened it was violent it was horrific but it was so tastefully done and so subtly done as well that it just kind of left it to your imagination and I think that's more powerful to me to leave things to the imagination rather than showing you what what happened I thought Tom Palmer did a really good job of, of writing it really, really t- his, tastefully he yeah. knows his audience yeah. doesn't he <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely does. I agree yeah. with that but you know even though Yossi is the standout character for me Leo and Mordecai's two yeah. friends are just the, the kind of triangle yeah. or the trio of yeah. them just brilliant I actually put the I actually oh, I don't stand out character I've misread the thing but I put characters um, but I liked <laughs> I really like Mordecai I actually just thought the fact that he managed to re- retain his faith and his belief in everything even after everything he'd been through was just really admirable and just little subtle things like Yossi describes him praying before each meal and things like that. I really admire the fact that he could keep his faith and just persevered with it and kept going. So I really liked him too. Mm-hmm. And just the relationship between the three boys yeah. is just very... I love how it's developed in quite a... Sh- the book's not long. No, no. But the way that Tom Palmer manages to develop the mm-hmm. relationship through it and you really... You just you're rooting for them. Yeah, you just care. You care for them. You really care for them. And all three of them. Yossi, obviously, we hear about the most. Mordecai feels kind of. I feel like I know more about Mordecai because of his, his faith. Leo as well, the other friend. Even though I don't think he's as prominent, he still we still really feel for him. And you just they're so 
human and you, they're so like you said earlier relatable too which mm-hmm. I really liked yeah so it's, it's a good thing I suppose we can't really pick did you have a most memorable moment a standout moment yes so my moment is to do with soup <laughs> obviously love food but this bit there's a there's a moment I'm actually going to read a bit from it uh, with my usual reading section but there's a moment to do with food and I think the, the character's relationship with food is, is so interesting to read about they're so scared that they're not going to have food and that actually it actually I found that quite upsetting when I was reading it just the how much we take for granted that we have food and we don't have to worry about having food on the table and the boys were so distrustful of everyone that they were like oh I need to have food for myself they kept filling their pockets and they actually I think there's a point they had to be shown the the stores of food to prove that there's going to be enough food to go around you don't need to steal food you don't need to fight each other for food but there's a lovely moment when the the villagers really show their sense of community and they give the boys some tomato soup. Now, I think at the time in post-war, this is where we need Miss Agnew back here, but (laughs) post-war Britain, I'm assuming they were still on rations to, to a degree. Tomato soup would be so hard to come by, but the villagers grow tomatoes and then they eat all the tomatoes to make tomato soup for the boys. I'm going to read a little section from the book, and this is probably this is a really I don't know. It just really got me. <laughs> I really I thought it was lovely, so I'll read it from uh, from here. Dorothy spoke to the children in a clear voice. Before you eat, she said, you should know that the families on the estate have provided the main ingredient for this meal. The low hubbub of boys' voices was silenced as Talia translated Dorothy's words. Tomatoes are a struggle to come by at the moment, but the locals have brought you theirs. Some bought them using ration books, others grew their own. They bring them as a gift to you. Yossi heard voices of complaint. Then Mordecai was on his feet. It's their tomatoes, he said. They grew them. They should eat the soup. Their family should eat the soup too. They have children who need to eat tomatoes too. All the children had put their spoons down. Yossi saw Talia translating for the local people who began to shake their heads, then speak to her. Talia addressed the dining hall now. They want you to have their tomatoes to show you that you are part of the Calgarth estate, she said. They want you to be strong and healthy. You should eat the soup and enjoy it. The happier you look eating it, the more pleased they will be. I really, that part, I just thought was lovely. They used used food to show that they're part of something. They're not separate, you know, they're not just here passing through. They are part of the community. I just thought it was really lovely. And I wouldn't be surprised if this was based on a true experience that, that you know, that people yeah, that donated happened. that actually happened. So I just thought that bit was, was really, really, really touching. Do you know that's true? It's one of the ways that you can demonstrate inclusion, isn't it? By sharing a meal oh, with yeah. somebody. Yep. Yeah, right, definitely. So what about you? What's, what's your standout moment? It is actually a, a tomato moment ah, also. Tomatoes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not the same scene, but it's the bit when Yossi remembers his mum mm-hmm. with the scent of tomatoes and he rediscovers his love of cycling. Oh, it's almost yeah, like he'd yeah. had to put that to one side mm-hmm. because of what he'd been through and he could only focus on survival. But then in the Lake District, he had this chance to rediscover something he was passionate mm-hmm. about. And I, I love the idea that, again, food sort of connects you to people, mm-hmm. um, whether they're with you or not. And I, I just I thought it was just a beautiful mm-hmm. touch because, of course, the tomatoes he smells then become the tomatoes yeah, that are that turned into turn the, the soup, soup later. Yeah. It was just like little touch, but there was mm-hmm. lots of other moments in, yeah. the, in the book that had those little light touches. I think I like what you said about Yossi rediscovering his passions. Again, I think that was something that's really important to the book because we know from the Holocaust that, you know, the identities of the people who in the camps, their identities were taken away, you know, their possessions were taken away, they, their clothes, you know, the way they looked, everything was, de- they were dehumanised. And I really like the fact that they showed the slow, 
process of them rediscovering themselves and rediscovering their passions and finding themselves again. Mm-hmm. I really thought that was that was a really nice part of the book and great to see. It was. Yeah, it was really, really well done. So um, our wildcard yes. entry, oh, my favourite one. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you have anything that, you, that you're keen to well, highlight? I actually, it was the front cover, um, so I've described it already. We talked about subheading from Auschwitz to Ambleside, but the one thing I really like about it, obviously I, I love my hiking and I love being outdoors, so I love seeing mountains and lakes and everything, but I really love the front cover and just the really subtle, the subtleness of um, the three boys just standing, looking out onto the horizon. I always just think, oh, thinking about their futures and what's coming next and just... I, I just like the fact that you can tell they're so close just from looking from looking at it. Do you know, I was wondering for the front cover, mm. and this is probably going to show up my uh, ignorance of um, how <laughs> sunrise and sunset works. Oh, gosh. But, um, <laughs> do you think it's a sunrise or a sunset on that front cover? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I can't remember which which way the sun goes. <laughs> we should have I know, researched I know it rises. It rises in the, in the east, east and, and it sets in, in the west. west. Yeah. I know that, but um, I wasn't sure if symbolically it was meant to be that they were I looking would like, at sunrise. Or I would. T- I think. Well, actually, hang on, hang on. Right, can we figure this out? It's, it's light blue, so surely if it was a sunset, it would be darker at the top, and then oh, that's true. Then there's so sunrise. Yes, sunrise. and symbolically, it fits beautifully. It's a sunrise. Oh, that's what it is. Sunrise. There we dawn go. of a new day, and it's a beautiful <laughs> dawn of a new life for the boys. I'm, yes, I'm glad they figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> Got there. What about you? What's your, what's your wild card moment then? Really, just ties into what I've talked about with you, and also Miss Agnew, which is the fact it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. That this isn't something that's been thought of out of nothing uh, that Tom Palmer did meticulous research yeah. he went and actually talked to people yeah. from the area who remembered right. the boys coming and that's on his website which is brilliant mm-hmm. you can actually go to Tom Palmer's website and read more about the research that was done but I love that because it shows how the work that you do in a subject like mm-hmm. history for example can inform you know a work of fiction mm-hmm. and just as we've said with with Miss Agnew and with you know by talking here that it's sharing these stories that allow us to remember mm-hmm. what happened to people and hopefully mean that we're aware of the signs mm-hmm. so that we can stop it from happening again. Yeah. Thoroughly fantastic book. I, yeah. I, I have only good things to say yes. about Tom Palmer, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to his his forthcoming books. Oh, and yeah. I I always promote <coughs> his books in library visits, mm-hmm. so hopefully people will want to take out. Yeah. I actually I, I had a lot of trouble getting hold of a copy of this. I've got oh. four copies in the library and they're all out just oh, now. There go, so I've seen that as a win. Yeah, oh that's good. Well the, this one will be returned soon so you can <laughs> there will be another copy. Um, but yeah, so it's available in the library. Definitely worth a read and definitely I think it should be something reading to read this month just with everything that's going on with Holocaust Memorial. I think that would be that'd be a good read. This week on the podcast we have Mrs Marini from the ELR but she's also a former maths teacher too so we've snagged another maths teacher, mm-hmm. delighted. <laughs> uh, so welcome Mrs Marini, uh, nice you. to have you on the podcast. Kick off with questions. So what, uh, what book are you reading just now? Right, this is really going to make me sound like a maths teacher. <laughs> uh, it's not my normal, I don't need a lot of non-fiction but just now I am reading Atomic Habits Ooh. by James Clear because I'm trying to get and cakes and too many biscuits and I thought January was a good time to do that so it's about how to break bad habits and start good habits and it looks at psychological behaviours and why habits form and that sort of thing and I do I do enjoy that I find psychology fascinating and I love reading about the experiments they do that they how they find out things I read a really good book recommended by Mr McKean in the LR called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker, which is absolutely fascinating. And again, I loved 
what they did, how the experiments that they got, they get the information from. So it's not my normal. I usually read fiction, but mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy them if they're well written and it's not. I don't know as much like the self-help books, but mm -hmm. ones that are sort of based on science, mm -hmm. I do enjoy that. You'll need to give us some tips on how to break back. Well, no, I know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm don't end you ask me, did it work? Because that'll probably be no. Yeah, you'll need to let us know how, because yeah, I definitely need to give up cakes and chocolate and sweet things. Oh. But I always think January's a difficult time, oh. there's so much pressure on uh, it. I think. I think it's a Scottish curse. <laughs> team. And I've, I've decided maybe what I need to do is use a very small teacup at night. Mm -hmm. Like maybe an espresso cup because oh, I tend to have a mug of tea and I really just want to have something sweet to eat as long as my tea lasts. <laughs> so I think maybe a thimble or something is the way to go. <laughs> good idea. Oh, that's it. That good. We wondered, would you be able to tell us about a book that's made you laugh before? It's a strange choice from a book that made me laugh because it's a very, very moving, poignant, sad book called Angela's Ashes oh, yeah. by Frank McCourt, mm -hmm. which is many will know that it's a very depressing story of him growing up in Ireland in terrible poverty in the 1930s. But the bit that made me laugh out loud and then go along to my son and say, listen to this, and sit in his bed, and I couldn't even read the passage for laughing, was a fantastic the, the way Frank McCourt told it about. They get, they're so poor and they, they get the chance to take in a lodger, and they themselves have, have very little food. But as part of the deal with the lodger, the mother has said she will provide a midday meal and so he carries a sort of jerry can, a metal can with a handle. He, that's what he used to do. He used to deliver the meal. And, of course, a hungry wee boy, he cannot resist having a look. And then when he has a look, he says, oh, there's three big flowery potatoes. I, I could eat what, half of one of them, and they wouldn't be any the wiser. <laughs> and so that goes on, beautifully told, until, needless to say, there is nothing left. <laughs> but I think we can all, I guess, especially when you think about chocolate or whatever, you know, you can, you know that thing of, no, I'll just have a little, uh, I'll just take a wee bit, yeah. oh, well, I might as well finish that <laughs> bit off. And then it really made me laugh hysterically. And the other one that sticks in my mind, and I've now bought this from my grandson, is The Cat in the Hat Comes Back, Dr. Zeus, oh. which I can remember reading that to my boys. And again, I couldn't c continue for laughing because it's just so ludicrous. <laughs> more and more cats coming to help clean up this spot that's jumped about the place. I would say things make me smile more, but very, very few make me laugh out loud. But those two did. I think it just shows you the power of words, though. Because, well, that's, uh, yes. Like, uh, when I sometimes, when I'm reading books with classes or speaking uh -huh. to people about, you know, like comedy fiction, like, it doesn't make me laugh. And I'm like... But it can't, yeah. Yes. If it's well written, it can. Right. And you've just not found the right book yet. That's right. And uh, yeah, I always think it's amazing that words can just leap off the page like that and just. Well, I, I just remember saying that to a boy who wasn't very keen to read a bit more in the ELR. And I said that to him when he enjoyed something. I said, when you think about it, it's the fact that somebody puts marks, marks mm -hmm. on a piece of paper, and those marks make you mm -hmm. feel things. Yep. Yeah. Crying mm -hmm. or, you know, laughing or surprise, whatever it may mm -hmm. be. Horror, but I think that is incredible. Yes. Incredible power of words, really. It sounds like magic when you put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is. I said to him, I said, look, just puts these marks on a bit of paper, <laughs> and it affects us. Mm -hmm. How can that be? It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. And the thought of you, as you say, just you can't carry on because you're laughing so, laughing so much. <laughs> and if you are we going on to the sad one? Yes, that was actually yes. a nice segue. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So by the same token, well, the one I can I first remember really 
crying at was the book Love Story, mm-hmm. which people of my age will know about. I don't think younger people were a very popular book and film in the 1970s. And the very last couple of sentences in that was just, you just read those sentences and howled. Mm-hmm. Very, very moving. Can you remember the line? Uh, I won't say it in case it's a spoiler <laughs> for anybody. <laughs> and the other books that, that affected him like that was... As I say, although, I'd, although I'm a maths graduate, I did a year of English literature and we studied Thomas Hardy. And oh my goodness, I could barely get through it. What, 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 With, what, well, what, Tess of the Dubber yeah, in yeah. particular. I, I had yeah. to have a break. I mean, yeah. I just thought, I cannot read anymore. There's poor women. <laughs> <There's> poor women. <laughs> I, just, I can't have anything else happening to this poor girl. I was just heartbroken, absolutely heartbroken reading it. And I did have to take breaks. I think I even re- I, so I read it when I was in when I did advanced higher when I was uh-huh. at school and I came back to it about a couple of years ago so ten years after I studied it and it still made me cry uh-huh. and I was like oh, I know this story I know, so well you, know, like, you just think <laughs> why oh, am I crying such a, and I think it's because you know there are people who just never get a break in life yep. you know and probably many 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 people mm-hmm. and you just think oh that constant slapping you down bad things happening mm-hmm. it was just it was just desperate. Mm-hmm. Sad. Oh, I'm glad to meet me another Thomas Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I spoke about it once at a, a book thing, and um, I can't remember. And I was like, I've, I've, I've spoken. I probably sound mad because I was just this poor woman. But so everyone else had to listen to it. So I'm glad that you also yes. you you get it too. Yes. Tess of the Durbells is probably one of my favourite books. So what's your favourite book? Oh right, I find that this very very hard. <laughs> I I really can't pick out a favourite book, and I don't often reread books. So I'm, I'm sometimes a wee bit concerned if I, if I say to people, oh, I'll, and then maybe if I went back to it, I would think, oh, actually, it wasn't that great. But Captain Corelli's Mandolin by Louis de Bernier is definitely a book that really I absolutely loved when I read it. It's quite a, a love, if I, obviously, if you're enjoying a book, I love the fact that it's a great, big, thick book. Mm-hmm. Although I do remember somebody saying to me, or did I say to them, don't be put off at the beginning because it's set in um, Greece, one of the Greek islands. It's the time when Italian troops invaded and, and settled there. And uh, But the beginning of the book is quite a few pages of historical and sort of political, mm-hmm. which at the time I read, I could probably go back and make more of it now, but I remember sort of thinking, oh, what's this? But the love story between Captain Crowley and a young woman is just so beautifully told. And there are other love stories in there, which I, I just thought it was absolutely beautiful. And I was horrified at the film. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not horrified. Was, was, was it, was it, was it, it was, Nicholas Cage? Yes. Nicholas Cage. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> what an affront. I just I thought, no, oh, no, 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 no. They've never yeah. attempted that again, have they? But I think it no. might be right for... Yes. Because it seems like something sure that should make a yes. great... <laughs> Although there is so much going on in it, you know, that maybe... But yes, it, it was... It was quite sad as well, but I did... I remember absolutely loving it. But I also love... I love Jane Austen, and I love Charles Dickens, mm-hmm. but most of my reading now is done in my bed at night. And I just find I need something that takes a bit less concentration... Mm-hmm. I don't feel I can do them justice in my bed, but I do I do love them. And I've also thoroughly enjoyed, I do quite like historical fiction mm-hmm. and books by an author called C.J. Sansom. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Shard Lake series. Mm-hmm. If anybody likes historical fiction, they, I thought they were absolutely brilliant. Then at the time of Henry VIII, there's a, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to see a hunchback lawyer who then has to sort of become a detective. But he's a, he has a PhD in history. Everything's very well researched and it really brings 
the life of the court makes it very real and the character of Henry VIII and how hard it was for the ordinary people to looking at the dissolution of the Catholic churches and uh, yeah, I, I really love them and in fact I have put so many people onto them including my friend who said to me well Anne, you have now spoil every other book for me because she just thought they were the greatest thing to well, ever read anything. That's impressive. Yeah, that's what she said. So I, I, so I, could, I would highly recommend them. And To Kill a Mockingbird is oh, another yeah, one that yeah. I always quote. Mm -hmm. I just absolutely love it. There's so many good titles. There's so many good. Yeah. I, suppose I kiss cannot possibly pick one. But I, love, I love it when you share recommendations and sometimes they don't work out, that's but other right. times they really hit. Yeah, because people say, yeah. nah, it's, that's not for me, but no, no the people I have recommended that to are really the, the, the Charlotte series. And they're, again, really big, thick books that you can really get into and very exciting. And yeah, oh, I really enjoyed them. Well, if you've been making recommendations, that might lead us nicely into the final question, yes. which is what book do you tend to give as a gift? Right, now I wrote these down for what I gave at Christmas. What did I give at Christmas? My son, who has studied for so long, said he would like to just read some fiction. So I gave him... He did English and philosophy. I did give him Shuggy Bane oh, and yeah. Tamnit, yeah. um, both of which I thoroughly enjoyed and I thought he would like. News of the World by Paulette Giles, I think it is, is a lovely wee book set in cowboy times. I actually gave that to Vince Clark. Oh! Because uh, I thought he would enjoy it because we used to tell, we used to exchange stories about when, in the days when boys used to pretend they were cowboys. <laughs> and I gave it to my brother and that that's a very, that's very evocative of for my generation, it sounds absolutely ludicrous now, but for my generation, we were brought up on cowboy films mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was crazy to think about it, the influence I had, but everybody knew about bringing in the, the herd and quicksand and all these things that, <laughs> you know, but I thought they would enjoy that. So, yeah, that's the books that I gave this Christmas. That's really, that's really thoughtful because you're yeah. sort of thinking of what would fit. I uh -huh. like that about recommendations because sometimes I think it's not a one-size-fits-all. No, You've got to not really at think all. What that's people right. Would enjoy. Uh -huh. And sometimes you read a book and you think you know a person that would mm -hmm. really enjoy that. Yeah. You know, somebody that would be really interested. And say, by the same token, it's lovely when you say you've read something and somebody says to you, oh, I read that and I mm -hmm. loved it. Yeah. And yeah. funnily enough, Mr. McKean is reading Atomic Habits. So. <laughs> Although he's he tends to listen to audiobooks. What are your thoughts on audiobooks, actually? Well, I, I think I would fall asleep. <laughs> I, I have to say, I have to say, now I do my reading mostly on my Kindle, which is something I held out against for so long, and I was horrified at the idea of it. But it really came about. In fact, I was bought one a few times and took it back. But we used to. We used to drive to Italy every year and then when cheap flights came in and of course you had a baggage restrictions, I then could no longer take 12 books oh, with me. Man. <laughs> so that was really what got me. And now the thing I like about it is I don't sleep very well and I have the Kindle white mm -hmm. and it has the backlight and you can also change the font size. Oh. So I don't have to put on my light or put on my reading glasses. Oh, I just <laughs> click it on and I continue reading. Mm -hmm. And I do also love the ability to look words up, yeah, like that's a fantastic thing. Or even not just not not just a uh, vocabulary, but you know, I don't know references mm -hmm. or anything. Because that, that that's the kind of person I am. If I don't know the meaning, or if I don't know, I want to know about mm -hmm. it. And all you need to do is hold your finger on it, and it leads you. 
I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I do that too and I keep say, I keep saying to pupils I'm like I don't get this word I don't know what it means I'm like just look it up it's fine uh-huh. like I'm like I, st- I, I have uh-huh. to look up words all Absolutely. the time like, and, it's, and I think there's sometimes people think there's a degree of shame with it oh, like you know I should know this word not. but there's nothing like, it's, no. there's, there's no shame with it you know and it's, no. it's all about learning and it's Absolutely. it helps improve your vocabulary yeah, well, great. that's great. how you learn new words and then once you know what it means the next time you encounter it yeah, you're right. fine you're equipped for them yeah, that's mm. right that's good that you've got the Kindle working for you after yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, it is, and I have to say, I, I would probably find it hard to go back to, mm-hmm. to a book now, just because I, well, as I say, because I do most reading in my bed. Um, and also the fact I hate that having to put my reading glasses and basically sit up straight and all that. And just lie down <laughs> so with you my as <laughs> Prop it up against them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's me, I'm off. So, yes, I, I'm enjoying that. That does annoy me a wee bit that you've not got something to hold on to. Mm-hmm. and put in your shelf and pass on. I, I, I like the idea of passing on because I did that yeah. over lockdown and um, my friends and I, we, we sent each other books and yes, it was really nice having this big parcel, parcel of books yeah. and yeah, the books they recommended were really good as well so we've started like a kind of chain of just, we just keep That's what we always people. did, yeah, we always just nice. passed them around <laughs> and then we just put them into the charity show mm-hmm. although maybe that's not so great for the writers I'm thinking probably if, if well, but we're not all buying their books I suppose but then not everyone's in the position where you can no. buy books yeah. and that's where libraries come in and you know, right. book groups that's and swapping right. about so I think it all feeds in word of mouth and if you love a book I think you tend to that's what I do I tend to I don't have that many books yeah. so I just buy ones I love mm-hmm. and that's the ones that sit on my shelf, shelf. it was a pleasure Welcome to our new segment again. It's called What You Reading? <laughs> Miss McLean, what you reading? <laughs> oh, well, apart from After the War, I've been reading a couple of different things. I've started going to my local public library again. Haven't been for, well, two years. Mm-hmm. I hadn't been since before Gosh. the pandemic. And I thought, you know what? Obviously, I'm lucky to have the library mm-hmm. here. But I want to go and see books yeah. that, you know, that mm-hmm. I have, might not have come across. So I've been reading non-fiction books. Right. Uh, one is a book on calligraphy, and it's how to... It's modern calligraphy, so it's not the kind you would see in old manuscripts. It's more the sort of gorgeous lettering you would see on maybe like invitations or posters. Not that I can do that, but I wanted to find out about it. So Um, I did that and I'm trying to cook more, but I got a vegetarian recipe book and I've managed to make two things from it and not burn anything nice so that was Victory. good that, that's pretty <laughs> good excellent what are you reading well, wait, wait. i actually i've been reading a couple of things i've gone down non-fiction as well over the holidays i read a book called pandora's jar which i've actually let mr webb borrow please enjoy mr webb as i mentioned before i quite like greek mythology pandora's jar it's it looks at lots of different figures from greek mythology and it talks about figures who are ignored they're just kind of side characters they're not central characters but this woman natalie haynes is her name she's a scholar in classical literature and she brings all of the research and literature um on these women and sheds them in a new light and provides different interpretations of them my favorite ones my favorite chapter is probably medea i didn't know who medea was which is t- well i did but i didn't really know much about her i just kind of knew the basics but i love that chapter it's really good just a really interesting character off the bat of reading that the fiction book i'm reading just now oh no hang on i've gone no i read i read another natalie haynes book children of jocasta oh, wow. about the myth of uh, i think it was the oedipus myth that was quite heavy but it was good but i've mo- I moved away from the sort of the old world and i am now reading something called the witches of manning tree by a.k blakemore i'll need to check a.k blakemore it's about 
the Essex Witch Trials, mm-hmm. and there's a character and her mother, and I think they're, well, I, I'm pretty sure the mum's a witch. I think she's a witch too, but I've not got that far into it. Matthew Hopkins, who's a real person, I googled him, he's real, he was a witch hunter. <laughs> he comes into town and he's investigating the witches, so I am very much excited. I'm very excited to see where this is going to go. That yeah. sounds amazing. You know, yeah. you, see, you mentioned witch trials. We're actually going to be reading a book Ooh. about witch trials in Scotland later on this year. Ooh. I can't remember what month that is, so hopefully you'll be well versed. Yeah, good bit of prep. What you know, we know what you're reading. What are you watching or what are you watching? <laughs> I am watching probably like a lot of people mm-hmm. over the Christmas holidays. I watched Disney's Encanto <gasps> and I loved it. So you and you talked about Hamilton earlier. Yes, yes. The songs are written by the same person. Oh, oh yeah. Hugely talented, so, Lin Manuel Miranda, yes. and uh, it's brilliant. I'm still. I, I heard that. I was listening to the radio this morning mm-hmm. they're playing the songs on the radio oh, no and I just I loved it so much it was so full of colour and like Beautiful. just optimism and brilliant songs and I've only seen it once but I suspect I might be Watch watching it again when that, I need, mm. probably when I need cheering up yeah. I think I think that'll be my weekend watching this weekend that sounds good oh, good plan what yeah. about yourself what are you watching um, so I am back in the Star Wars universe I am watching The Legend of Boba Fett which is excellent um, is it good it's good uh, yeah I came to Star Wars much later in life uh, you know my friends and other people have been with it since we were teenagers me not so much but the past few years I really got into it I think the Mandalorian was what got me into it. I just oh. loved the, the story the Mandalorian was amazing and I knew a little bit about Boba Fett but I like now that they've they're they're giving him a lot more depth and a lot more character and also there's just yeah a lot a lot of nostalgia with it like the sand people I love <laughs> met loads of sand people and learn more about them so yeah really really good so that's also on Disney Plus as well oh, um, and so. well worth the watch I loved it I love how they're expanding the Star Wars universe so it feels like even you know if you've been a fan for ages or if you're a new yeah fan. if you're new, yeah exactly they're bringing isn't is Jar Jar Binks coming back oh, at something no no no, no. <laughs> I think he might or the actor who plays them is going to be in something apparently. He's a very good. He's a very good actor. Just but you know, I've no doubt he is. But yeah. he, he gets some unfair <laughs> stick when when the um what was it the Phantom Menace he was yeah. in originally. So the kind of second trilogy that came out. I know he was a, a much. You either loved him or hated him. Was he not supposed? There's a rumor that he was supposed to be like the mastermind behind it all, uh, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wish they went with that. <laughs> it would have been great. Yeah, well worth a watch. This month we've got something slightly different. Thought we'd showcase some work that we've been working on with my S3 class. We've been doing a lot of work on creative writing and creating stories and using stimulus, stimulus to create our own stories. And we came up with six word short stories. So we did this before Christmas. My S3s have very kindly given us permission for us to read some of their their work and yeah there's some good ones. You may also have some of our, ours in here. First one is from Maisie. Maisie's short story goes like this. Sparkly tree by me full of lights and baubles now this was before christmas wasn't it so that i felt like her work was very evocative of christmas i felt very much in the christmas spirit when reading it do you know i know especially because i think we might have had the fire going on yeah yeah we did we did this is from holly holly's goes colorful flowers eye-catching creatures pose I like, I like that one. I just like how it ends. Creatures pose. I like it. And the There's pose. lots of mystery. Yeah. It feels welcoming, not threatening, uh-huh. but it, it leaves it open for the reader, does it not? Yeah. Oh, the next one was one of mine. Going to Dungeons and Dragons Club after this. So we have Goblins Creep, Heroes Turn, Battle ensues. And that pretty much foreshadowed what happened in Dungeons and Dragons Club. But did it? <laughs> yeah. We had, a, we, had a, we had a goblin fight. Our... Our heroes did not fare well. We're going to restart it. (laughs) They had a terrible, terrible run of luck. Right, the next one we have, we've got one from Daniel here. Vines grow all over the ruined castle. 
I remember that because we read that in class and it felt very like fantastical. Yeah, it's almost like the like Sleeping Beauty or Chopping Down, but mm-hmm. like kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. At I the like same time. Well, the last one we have, I like this one again. This one is really good for mystery. So this one's from William. Electricity fails. Lift stuck. What's that? And then dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing beats the dot 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 at the end <laughs> of a story. I love it. I think that'd be a really good start for a wee horror story. I, that could be a little lesson for us at some point. I think that could work. I think it might but be. I was so impressed because that's part of the thing with the six word short stories. You need to pack so much in, but yep. you're leaving room for the reader to bring their own interpretation. Yeah. We certainly had that. Yeah. Well, well done, S3. That was really, really good. Thank you for letting us share them as well because we are all about sharing stories here. We love sharing even a six word story. Excellent. <laughs> So it's the end of the podcast already. Can't believe it. Well, we hope you enjoyed hearing about some stories this week, be it a novel or a six-word short story. Thank you also to our guests, so Miss Agnew and Miss Marini. We loved having you on the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, next month, we will be discussing, what's our theme, Miss McLean? It's Children's Mental Health yeah. Week in the first week of February, so we'll be discussing that and talking about the great stories that have been written yeah. around that theme. Good. So join us next month. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next month. <laughs>